Welcome to episode 36 of the Cowcast, Listener Q&A. Alrighty, welcome back. I'm Eric. I am James. And we are here to kick off December with, uh, with a bang. I don't know, we're in the first week with the first episode of the month. That's pretty good. We came close to uh, hitting the goal of once a week in November, but we had... We tried. Uh, we, we had a lot going on, which we always do, but hey, we did better than we usually do, mm-hmm. and uh, I think we put some good stuff out there. So. I never go home feeling like I didn't accomplish anything that day, so that... Right. Uh, you know, at least I have that going for me. And if you're like me, you never go home without more to accomplish yet before you call at the end oh, of the day. I know. That's, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so anyways, uh, you know, thanks for those of you that have been listening and responding and just kind of giving us some positive feedback about things. Um, you know, it's really, it's just a fun thing that we get to do and, and now we just record it for you all to listen to. So we're mm-hmm. glad that you like to hear it. Uh, this episode, we are going to put aside our topics. We do have a few for upcoming uh, episodes that we're going to talk about, but we're putting those aside to focus on a couple of questions that we got from listeners. And I think that they're they're pretty good questions, and I think both of them are pretty open-ended as to where we can go. Um, so we'll probably start in one vein and veer off into something else. So with that, uh, let's see. Do we have? Do you have one that you favor over another, or should I just go for it? Uh, dealer's choice. Go ahead. All right. Then let's go with this one. This is a question from Tim M. He uh, sent it via our email, which is podcast at cowbungacomics.com. Cowbunga with a K. And uh, basically what it says, I'm going to kind of summarize it and, and shorten it a little bit. Uh, listening to your latest podcast, one of the things you brought up was community. I'm interested in your thoughts on the difference between building a customer base and building a community. And in addition to contributing to the pop culture community, how do we add to our local community? So it's really kind of talking about it, the basics of it, um, you know, difference between just walk-in customers that buy their books and then leave versus building kind of a thriving hub of conversation and activity mm-hmm. and then extending that out. So do you want to go first? I can. All right, go for it. I'm thirsty. If we – we want to – I mean – the immediate way that I thought of, uh, or how I wanted to approach the question, just just by getting the initial first sentence of the question was uh, kind of approaching it from a where do we factor into Oconomowoc on the community uh, line of things. Uh, but it didn't even occur to me to think of the community that we sort of cultivate in the store, uh, which I think is probably... To be quite honest, a lot more important. I agree. Um, and there's, we can, we could probably get an entire show out of this one because there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, good inside baseball and lessons that were learned from the past ownership or lessons that we learned from the past ownership. Um, things we witnessed as customers of oh, the yeah, previous regime. Absolutely. Things that we, that we heard about, things that we saw. Yep. Um, for, let's start in the store and, because I think that will be an yeah, easier one. Start here and then we'll go out. Um, we, yeah, we think it's great to have a community. We want to be more than just a store. We want to be, we don't want to be a Target. We, we don't want to be a Walmart. We don't want to be somewhere where people go in to get their goods and, and walk out right away. We want to be a place for people that, um, might not otherwise have a place to go to, uh, to talk about uh, the things that they want to talk about, to engage in the 
uh, hobbies that they want to engage in. We, we want to offer that, that kind of a spot. I hate to use the word, uh, safe space, but you know, I mean, essentially it's kind of what we're offering. Um, we, we have seen so many people in the last three years meet at the shop, become friends. I mean, two of them were just in here today yep. that are people that it's, it, it's so funny because we like both of them. Yeah. Uh, one of them is probably listening. Uh, but now they're hanging out and becoming friends. And, uh, I think that's just the greatest thing. Right. Uh, I would say the other big community that we've get, well, the other, we've really got three other big communities besides the comic, uh, yeah. fans that we have. You got your Warhammer? The Warhammer community is the one that we saw from its infancy, from its, uh, from conception. Three, from three people the first day. Right. It went from its, from the conception at, at, uh, um, October, whatever, 2014 to now we've got 25 to 30 people. And those people all talk. We have a, a kind of community sub forum for the Oconomowoc Warhammer League. We have these guys that are all now hanging out outside of the store. We have a bunch of guys that hang out outside of the shop and design and build terrain to bring into the shop, which is the coolest damn thing in the world. Uh, we started in the last couple of weeks having terrain building days in the, in the shop on Saturdays after Pokemon is done where these guys bring in styrofoam and paints and tools and they just sit at the tables and they build and paint terrain for Warhammer to then keep at the store to use. I mean, it's the, it's the coolest thing. It is the most engaging community that I think we have. And we saw it, we, we, we helped create it and we helped nurture it. And now it is, it's, it's like it's gone off to college and then it, it got a PhD and now it's, it's gone and we love it. And it doesn't really necessarily need our guidance anymore, but every once in a while we'll send a Christmas card, you know. Um, I'd say that the Warhammer thing has been the most impressive community development in store that we've seen. We've got a, a great magic community. We've certainly taken the time in past shows to kind of harp on certain magic certain so, elements so, yeah. of of the magic crowds yeah. they can they can turn up not that really turn up here because again i think we've used we used the word earlier cultivated yeah we've or kind we've, of curated yep. what we want and we want we want friendly people we want nice people we want i by casual players i don't mean people that don't play to win everybody wants to win but these are people that to them coming in uh being sociable and playing the game is what they enjoy. And, and we yeah. don't get a lot of people um, that are the power gamers that come in and have to win the pitch of fit about this rule or that rule. Uh, they've honestly left and we have a great fun magic community. I, I know most of them. I'm almost never here on Friday nights, but I, I know who most of them are. They know me. Everybody's friendly. Everybody says hello. Um, one of the mothers of one of the magic players, uh, has brought me cake before just out of, uh, thanks for letting her son be in here to, to have friends and whatnot. Um, it's, it's, it's something, and Pokemon's the same way where we've seen these kids go from being like grade school to high school. Some of them have gotten their first jobs. You know, it's like we've watched these kids grow up well, only in three years, Pokemon but Pokemon players age up to magic and yeah, start to show interest right. in Warhammer or D&D. So there are all these little, oh, and D&D, that's the other big one, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, every Thursday night. There are all these kind of interconnected communities where you have, each one is its own thing, but then you have the crossover, two, three, six, seven, eight people from each one 
might go over and do this. And then that group, um, it's like a bunch of Venn diagrams, you know, and, yep. and there's a little crossover from everything. And some, there's a lot of crossover, but, uh, the communities that we've had in the store, I would say that they have happened around us more than because of us. And I think that we're, we're a smaller store and we're not an exclusive gaming store, which we've talked about before. Would we love to do more volume? Well, sure. Any business wants to do more volume because oh, yeah. it's more sales is more money. But at the same time, you know, I think where we're at is the volume that we're doing is continuing to grow. But it's growing at a pace where it still allows us to keep a firm grasp on, like you said, kind of cultivating that that community feeling that we want. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, we kind of, with each of those pockets, there's kind of a captain or two, so to speak, outside of the staff who kind of manage those groups. And especially when large numbers of them come in. And it's it's having those people that are in tune and, and understand how you want your store to be run, how you want the events to be run, how you want the decorum to happen, you know, and then self-policing within that. Mm-hmm. Now, there's going to be certain things in certain times where, you know, you're you're really in the moment and you're getting competitive about things and, and people can get frustrated and that's fine. Um, it's just how do you how do you handle that? And and that was a large part of kind of weeding out some of the, the bad eggs that were trying to we're pushing really hard to be competitive and weren't winning. And there was just, mm-hmm. it kind of got to be a little frustrating at the very beginning, but we've since curtailed that very quickly. Well, we had, here's a great example of, um, uh, you know, and at face value it might actually sound bad, but I view it as, as a positive. We had a guy who came down from another shop who said he heard we played Warhammer and, um, he wanted to come down and check it out. Because he said his store had a, a Warhammer crowd, but he just wanted to go somewhere else to try it out. And he came in, and he was here for about three weeks. He came every Sunday. And uh, I was never here for it. I, I do play Warhammer, but unfortunately my schedule is, is rather packed, and I usually never get time to do it. So I wasn't here for, for this guy to be here, but I would always ask the other people that I and, – and Box and the other people that I knew, and they said he was, he was uh, you know, the first time um, – the, nor- the normal uh, players that we had were, were super nice, and uh, and everybody offered to play against them, join our game. The second week, they were a little less likely to do it, and the third week, nobody wanted to play against them because the guy just complained and complained and complained about everything and, and told people they were wrong. And um, So our guys were still relatively nice to him, but they just kind of took – he's the type of guy that made a scene about everything. And a lot of stores don't know how to deal with that. A lot of the players at a store don't know how to deal with that. But our our guys, we have a very we have a tight knit Warhammer community, and that doesn't mean that somebody we have new people that that join in every couple of weeks. But we're all people that just want to play the game to have fun. And when you have some guy that's accusing someone of lying or making someone up or something up, and you you know we've only known him for a week or two weeks. That's going to be a humongous turnoff, and these guys are going to want to go back to playing the people that they know. And it's a large well to draw from. You know, we've got 25, 30 people that they can pull from to play against. But everybody just kind of stopped playing against this guy to the point where he packed up and went back to his store. So we talked to one of our guys that went up to that store one time, 
And he said, everybody up there is like, it. he said, it's hyper competitive. Uh, there's a lot of yelling, uh, a lot of rules, lawyering. And what that, what that did to us was we said, we, the group that we have here has kind of become that organically. And if, if the hyper competitive players that are going to complain and, and whine about everything, um, or say that somebody, um, you know, made up a rule or something and are just, uh, caused trouble. If they kind of just, uh, it's like a, a splinter that you don't pull out eventually. It works itself out, you know? I think players like that or people like that, you have to kind of treat like a splinter and, and, uh, eventually they'll work themselves out, you know? And, and that's what happened with this guy. And, uh, again, not to say that people, new people aren't always welcome to join. They are, but, we just want certain people to be here. We want the people where someone brand new could walk in off the street and come up to somebody and say, what are you playing? And the players are going to take the time to stop and explain it to them, not give them the evil eye and say like, um, we're playing a game here. Stop interrupting us. Uh, I, I, so I think that we, we have guys that are willing to give anyone a fair shot, but again, we don't, we don't really want, um, that stereotype. Yeah, and I think as it comes to the comic community, we can talk about events in a little bit, but um, I think one of the one of the stereotypes, right, of the comic store is kind of the Simpsons guy, and mm-hmm. uh, or you go into a dingy store where there's a guy that's just kind of a grump behind the counter and doesn't want to move and do stuff. Um, that that's totally the opposite of what we are, right? When we're here, we're mm-hmm. seldom behind the counter unless we're basically ringing up a sailor helping someone look at. Back, uh, you know, wall books or their pull box. Otherwise, we're out moving around, we're doing stuff. And a part of how I think all of us thrive, all three of us, is conversation and talking. Mm-hmm. And especially with people that we know as customers, other customers come in that we think may have like tastes or, uh, or in some cases, the polar opposite, because it's fun to let them kind of talk yeah. a little bit again, you know, back and forth. Um, you know, we kind of do that handoff, that introduction, that inclusion into the conversation. And I think that that goes a long way to building a community. So One- that, but that stereotype, the comic book guy from Simpsons, um, there's a, there's a big difference between that guy and between somebody who's shy, who's maybe feels like a social outcast. Sure. And is looking for somewhere to come where they, they can do whatever they want. And they're not going to be judged for enjoying Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. And we want that person to feel very comfortable. Yes. The comic shop guy, um, you know, I, I don't know how comfortable we want to get with that person. We want them to feel comfortable, but I don't think we want to be comfortable with them because that is, like you said, it's a stereotype that it drives people out. Yep. The soccer moms, the girls that are coming in, um, for, I mean, we've, we have had so many people that have, have brought their kids in here and, and said, um, I went to a comic shop here. I went to a gaming store there and you guys are like, you feel like Barnes and Noble compared to them and they love it. You know, we've, we've had so many people that come in here. They, they feel like it's because of the lighting, because of the open space, it's got a warm, inviting feeling to it. When you add that, um, that's comic shop guy's stereotype back into it, you, you counter all of the work that has been done to build that environment and that atmosphere. And, um, there, there are people like that in every single community. 
you know, but it's just a matter of getting the right people as the basis of that community so that they can kind of contain that type of person. Yeah, and, and you know, especially with Pokemon, we run into instances where parents will drop their young younger kids off. I say young kids, but younger kids off, and they'll be here for two, three hours playing Pokemon, and or a lot longer, or a lot longer. And there are days where we we will say to one another, and sometimes if it becomes a habit by specific parents with certain kids, we will make it known we're not a daycare. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same point, similar to adults who may be viewed as a social outcast or someone who's not comfortable sharing their hobbies, maybe where they work or things like that, for whatever reason, even with kids, we we are very cognizant and aware that, you know, our shop can be that safe haven, right? Mm-hmm. Where, I mean, we're not going to... Certainly, if someone, anyone, whether they're young or old, is in distress, all they need to do is walk in our door or flag us down and we're going to go see what's up and help. But, you know, at the same time, we we are aware that the products that we have and the, the events that we have lend ourselves to a higher level of responsibility than a Barnes & Noble or just a pass-through store. Because mm-hmm. not only are we watching merchandise, essentially we are watching people too. Um, and I think that when we've talked about hiring additional folks if we need to, you know, there's, there's three main things that we talk about, right? First is dependability. Second is product knowledge. And third is how are they going to interact with the people? Because the level of uh, people interaction that you need to have in this store is much higher mm-hmm. than in most. And I think that that goes a long way to building community. If you have people that can interact well, but also understand the environment that they're in, and right. play to that. That's that's cr- it's now crucial. with okay. So with the comic book, um, comic shop environment, there's a big difference, and I I think this is kind of the the bread and butter of it. There's a big difference between what people see when people turn on a show like Comic Book Men, where they argue about um, if you walk if you walk into a store and there's a bunch of guys arguing about. Who's got a better rack between She-Hulk and Power Girl or something? The odds are you're going to offend or alienate somebody, you know, and and that is the type of of stereotype that we that we don't want. No, but we do want people to be in here to argue about Hulk versus Superman, in, and uh, you know, any anywhere, or any anyone Miles who can, Morales versus Ben Riley sure. versus Peter Parker. Anyone you know. who can come in here and wants to have a conversation, like we're the last people that are going to judge you. But just don't be tacky and don't be, um, you know, don't be sitting in here having a 30-minute conversation if there's mothers and children about Power Girls Rack, which is something that has happened. And it's it's kind of a hard thing to, like, steer the conversation away if you don't really know the person. Right. Uh, so or if we, you're not comfortable in general handling situations like that. Yeah. You and I both have backgrounds with hiring, firing, HR. Mm-hmm. So we can, you know... We, we know those fun ways of diverting discussions and conversations and uh, yeah and, and it sounds you know I don't want this to come to come across like we're bashing comic shop people because we're no comic no, shop no. people but it's it's uh this the stereotype that does more harm than good and the stereotype is who we kind of try to uh either not cater to or get to potentially change a little bit maybe. Um, 
I think another thing that sets us apart from some of the local stores around us is one of the most common threads when you go to a store, especially if you've never been there before and you want to know where something is, um, one in particular that I'm thinking of, you'll know which one it is, it has a cat. Um, but when you go in and if you ask for help looking for something, rather than walk you to where you're going, mm-hmm. they just point and they say, it's over there and it's on the second shelf. Meanwhile, you're looking at 14 bookcases that all have a second shelf, oddly enough. Um, we, we don't, we don't do uh, that unless caveat, there is one that has a cat that we like. This is true. But, um, so if you're the one with the cat that we like, we're not talking about you. Right. We're talking about the other one. With the cat. Which you also would know who that is. Yeah. Anyways. But nonetheless, um, that's one thing that we, we also, it's, maybe doesn't sound like it builds community, but it kind of does because when somebody asks for something, we go with them. Like, we're on the journey with mm-hmm. you. Or, hey, I have a friend who likes this and I want to get him or her a gift and I don't know what to get. Well, all right, let's go look. Let's, let's talk about it. What are things, what are other things they like? What are, you know, and, and it's, it seems ridiculous and silly when you'd say it sometimes, but I think that does help build community because you're, you're sharing your knowledge with the customer. You're, you're also sharing their experience and their concern. You know, you're empathizing and you're working with them to, to help them get to their end game. So sure. I mean, that's just, it's more customer service, but I think customer service makes community. Mm-hmm. And then we have events. Oh yeah. I mean, and you know, we've got Friday night magic, Thursday night D and D Saturday, Pokemon Sunday, Warhammer, but there are events that we partake in, in the, the community. Um, things like the downtown business trick or treat. We're always active with that. Um, then we obviously have Free Comic Book Day, which is a, a massive event yeah. for uh, comic stores. Well, Free Comic Book Day, though, isn't necessarily a community. That benefits us. It doesn't really benefit the community. Yeah. Or it's not It's not anything that we do in conjunction with the community. No, but we've taken, uh, in the past, we've done, like, uh, we, we did a fundraiser for a local mental hospital mm-hmm. uh, for kids that around Christmas time they can get gifts and stuff for. So, I mean, we've woven it into things in the community We've worked with the library. Um, yeah, we schools. worked with the library a lot. We now that this is really part two of the question. Yep. So the and there's a lot more meat on the bone for this one. Uh, community interaction or, or being part of a community for a business like ours uh, tends to be something that we learned works in small doses, but and strategically, often, very strategically. There have been things that we've been asked to be a part of. Uh, we've been asked to be a part of a parade uh, that goes past the store. A parade? Well, yeah. About so, six a year. Right. So we've been asked to be part a part of parades. We have been asked to um, not just participate, but actively run. We have something that is... I don't, I don't want to go into detail and totally tip our hand here, but uh, something that has, is done in town two to three times a year that requires a ridiculous amount of work to lead up to it. And they wanted to know because what they were doing was superhero themed. If we would be interested in setting it up and looking into it and talking to Chris, the old owner of the store who had participated in that um, a year or two years prior, we found out that like the two months leading up to it, he was putting in an extra 20 to 30 hours a week, which I don't think we even have left in our schedules. We don't, now, we don't get to sleep that much in a week. No. 
Now, um, the real kicker with it was you're doing something in an area that's directly across the street from the shop to get your name on some. I mean, like the, the amount of work that he put into it versus the return that it brought in. It was, it was, there was no comparison. I mean, it, it was, I hate to say that he wasted his time because there's something to be said for community altruism. I get that, but pragmatically, it was a total and complete waste of time. And I, and he, he'll be the first one to admit it didn't yeah. bring him another dollar. If anything, the money that he sunk into it, uh, it was probably a net loss dollar wise, obviously a net loss time wise. So something like that we passed on. I, I just I, I've said there's I've no interest. I'm sorry. I don't have the time between this, between being married, between having another job, between everything else. I I don't have the time to run that. And unlike when Chris did it and had eight employees or whatever it was, we have one. Right. So we can't take away. I can't take myself away to do something that's not going to bring any money in and probably not bring any customers in that. Now, there are people in town, admittedly, that we get from time to time that'll come in. They go, I live down the block. I didn't even know you were here. Okay. Well, those people, to me, are relatively oblivious to their surroundings anyways. So having your name on a flyer, mm-hmm. if, they don't, if they can't read the big signs in your windows, they're not going to read your name on a little flyer. I'm not worried about catching those people. You're either going to get them or you're not. Um, what all I can see... The effort going to that accomplishing is a bunch of people who already know you're there. Continuing to know you're right. there. Right. I mean, that's... They're over there. Yeah. Okay. Right. Oh, did you hear what they, the comic shop did? That's nice. Um, it Again, community altruism is, is great. We don't have the time. And we know that the return would be minimal, if anything. And it, Yeah. And it's not that... Yeah. So that one's kind of a downer. But there are other things that we do do that are... I think more of a net positive and a net benefit. Well, well, let's continue down the trail of the things we don't do before we get into the things we do. All right, there's a lot. Debbie Downer, just well, take us down the negative train. We, no, this is this is on the question. I thought we'd go. Are back we part and of forth. the Chamber of Commerce? No, because it's ridiculous what they want you to do to be. A part Are we of it. part of the Downtown Oconomowoc Business Administration? That's a that's a Ponzi scheme. Uh, yeah, we're not part of any of these things. We don't need to pay two hundred dollars a year or five hundred dollars a year. To get, to be able to put our logo on their little signs. Right. Or to be, um, to have them share our stores event on Facebook once every six months. Yep. Beverly does that for us. Right. I mean, a lot of people do that anyways. We, we figured out, and again, part of this was through talking to A, the previous owner of the store, Mm -hmm. B, other business owners in the area. And we're friendly with most of them. You look down there, and all the people are friendly. We're friendly yep. with very friendly with the owner of Wayland's. We're friendly with Roots. Crafty Cow. We're friendly with Roots. Uh, we're friendly the, with the book. hair place. Yeah, we're friendly with Books and Company. Books and Company. We're friendly with Sorting Hat, the antique store. Yep. We're friendly with um, Joel down at the candy shop. Well, even the guys next door that collect our packages. Yep. AJ's. We're, we're friendly Lakers. with a lot of the people in town. A lot of the business people in town. And from talking to them. We don't we don't arbitrarily make these decisions. Nah, we're not going to do it. Right. Thought and research goes into this, and more often than not, our thought is, oh, maybe we should do it. Then we do the research. It's yeah. Our our 
our gut instinct or our gut reaction is never a blatant no. It's always a, well, let me look into it. Sometimes it's a blatant no. Well, we can, yeah. <laughs> okay, now here's another thing that I did. Um, that I don't want to say got out of hand, but I went, um, my wife and I, on our anniversary, uh, second anniversary, we were at a bed and breakfast and we just happened to run into this woman. We were, we were down having breakfast. Very, very nice lady who was a teacher at a local elementary school. And in, in conversation, it came up that they were having a, like a superhero week or something. She's like, would you be able to come in and talk to the class? They would love it. I, it was, um, I think they were third graders or fourth graders. Uh, She's like, they would love it. You could bring in some props, kind of give like a quick little brief history of comics. And I thought it would be the coolest thing in the world. And my wife, Kelly, even came with me. because She just thought it would be interesting. She had the morning off. So I, I pack up these materials and um, had a little uh, kind of itinerary planned out. And we went. We had to uh, check in and uh, at the at the office and we went into the class it was it was really fun it was also the first time i've been in a grade school since i was in grade school uh well, we spent did, enough years there <laughs> and we did the uh i went up and i did the presentation and and she was great and the kids were great i got to meet some of the kids it was really cool um it it took about you know all told about two hours from me getting there to getting back to the shop um i had to open the store a little bit later due to the uh time of the class but that was totally cool. And then afterwards, uh, she sent a thank you letter. Uh, and I'm like, they were great about it. Then word must have spread around a bunch of the teachers because I started getting contacted by different teachers from different schools wanting to know if I could come in and talk to their class about comic books. And at first I thought this sounds pretty cool. But it got, I got like 15 different emails and they're all like 2 p.m., 3 p.m., noon on a Tuesday it's impossible I couldn't do it if I if they wanted me to come in on a Saturday or come in in the morning on a Wednesday like I gave certain days that I could do these things none of them could work and they were like well could you what about you know three weeks from now on a Tuesday at noon like I that is you know I can't do it Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden I started thinking well boy I, I I really can't do any of these times they're giving us I hope that they don't suddenly start thinking Oh, this guy just doesn't want to do it. He's lazy or something, you know? So I started worrying about it. I'm like, oh my God, now I'm not contributing to, to the community. And, uh, and what, what are they going to say? Oh, did you hear about that guy at the comic shop? Uh, we asked him to come in. He doesn't want to do it. I'm like, oh my gosh, what have I started, you know? And, uh, it was something that like, it kind of bothered me for a little while. And I, I really started thinking about how can I go in and, and maybe try to make this work. And the, the answer was, I just couldn't. I just couldn't make it work with these other, with these other, um, schools and other classes um but it, it was it was fun while we did it now ultimately here's the thing did it get us any business i don't think so and you want to know why because we handed out like free comic coupons to the class never get a single one redeemed so we have something that's track that's traceable and it never happened <laughs> and and ultimately it's not Bless you. At the end of the day, it's not always about making huge amounts of money on things. No, I don't want to come off sounding totally mercenary. Right. 
but there is, especially with a larger investment of time, you want to find some sort of um, return for the business, I guess, mm-hmm. so to speak, right? And so, our, our most important point that we stress during these things, we do not, time is the one thing that we have the least of. Right. We, if, we had, if we had the time to do stuff like that, you'd be getting one of these once a week guaranteed. Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, honestly. Probably get two or three a week. We do not, we just don't have the time. Yep. I know how busy I am. You have a kid on top of that. Uh, if we were, if we were like open, like a lot of stores, if we were stay at home dads, we were open five days a week, five to six hours a day, we could make that stuff work left, right, and center, and we would be fools not to. Mm-hmm. But because of our schedule, we just can't. And that was one of the things I, I talked to, um, somebody from the library about, and I said, she was asking if we were going to be um, participating in some downtown event. I don't remember what it was. It was something where they where they set up a bunch of uh, like booths across the street, literally across the street from us on the big open green area. And it was something where like people were supposed to come down and um, learn about local businesses that they may not have learned about or something. And she's oh, it's it's right across the street from you. You guys aren't going to set up there. I said, well, no, it's right across the street from us. <laughs> yeah. Like if I'm not going to take a, a table out of the comic shop to go across the street <laughs> to tell people about the comic shop. And then I'm not in the comic shop. <laughs> and then I have to staff the comic shop when I'm not in it. Just because, but you can see it the whole time. You can see, you can't, <laughs> you can see it. Not, I mean, like I could throw a, a rock and hit the, the window from where they were setting up. And uh, it's it's these little community events that people are like, well, you guys aren't doing that. Like, well, no, it's what does it benefit us to do something like that? Yeah. It, it it community events don't don't necessarily always mean you're doing something to benefit the community. A lot of these community events are touted as something to help businesses right. by the community. Well, if that's not going to help us, why are we going to do it? Yeah, and and a lot of the a lot of the businesses that partake in those types of things are members of the Chamber of Commerce or like the library. They're not on the downtown strip. They're two blocks off. Yeah. So it makes total sense for them to come downtown in the open green in the middle of all the businesses. Mm-hmm. But like you said, what business around here? Lakers isn't going to go and put out a little stand. It's right next to them. You know, like Right. There's, there's a certain point where you kind of... You're just wasting time and, and money at that point or time and energy. Um, there are things, though, that in the community that we are, like, we're, we stay open when they've got the German market across the street. Mm-hmm. We stay open for that. They've got their festive Friday shindig, and we're open for that. Um, you know, so, like, there's certain events that maybe aren't, uh, they don't move us physically out of the store, but it's kind of the downtown areas doing this for an extended time as a specific means to get people moving through the businesses. Okay, yeah, we can play along yeah. with that. We're already here. What's another hour? Um, you know, that that's kind of thing is is totally Well, cool. and especially if it's a Friday and, and, you know, there's people here playing Magic and we'd normally close at 8 anyways. Mm-hmm. Well, now we just leave the door open because we're here. The Magic players are here until 10. Box is here till 10. Yep. Um, well, you thing, better be here after them. <laughs> I know. So the big thing community-wise is that, that we have learned, and again, this this is stuff that we learned either through trying it or or through doing the research into it and talking to people who have tried it is to me exactly the same 
as what we've discovered with staffing, which was at first we had, now we cut the staff pretty much in half from mm-hmm. what Chris had. He had a lot of people on, yep. um, but he had a lot of people doing different things that worked maybe, you know, one day Two, a week or whatever. Or yeah. One guy would come in for a, a, a five hour day and work from, Noon to two thirty, and then the other guy would come in and do two thirty to five or whatever. There's no continuity. There's you know, but there also weren't a lot of people coming in. Right. Um, and we learned that eventually, now we're doing a multiple, multiple, ugh, multiple times the amount of business with a with one third of the staff, one fourth of the staff compared to what he had. Yep. One one third of the staff to when we took over. And we can do more with less is what we discovered in many, many instances, most yep. instances. Um, now, we also learned the community thing because at first we wanted to do all that stuff. We tried to. We would send people out with um, – we have a big cow head for our mascot. And we would send the cow head guy out to walk around and stuff and hand out coupons or tickets. And we would try to become – like I said, we try to be part of like whatever – community thing we could find as long as it didn't cost us money we wanted to be a part of it because we thought how cool would this be as we started realizing and charting the returns on the investment that we put in we realized that it wasn't worth doing so just like we did with staff when we realized that we could do more with less if we had the right staff doing the right stuff we realized that we the time that we took away from the shop to contribute to these community events in many instances was better spent in the shop, be it processing new collections, um, just cleaning up, scrubbing the windows. You know, I mean, having clean windows can, can be, uh, just as important as, is going out and walking in a parade. Honestly, to me, if, if your store looks clean, People are a lot more likely to come in if they've never been in before. There's a lot of little things that you that, that we realize we can do in store that had to get done anyway. So we might as well do these instead of doing that. And not to say that we don't ever do anything community related. Now the raffles is a great great point. You brought the raffles up before. We do the raffles to benefit the community, and I think one time we raised like four hundred dollars, yep. and we partnered with other local businesses. The people we we said earlier that we are friendly with a lot of the local business owners. And we went to them and we said, we want to do this um, raffle to benefit Rogers in the store. And we did that on free comic day when we we're going to have the most amount of people coming through here. And we said, what we, what we want to do is we want to have like a raffle basket that you can win. And we want to fill it with gift cards from downtown Oconomowoc. From downtown Oconomowoc. And we got Crafty Cow, and we got Whalens, and we got acupuncture. A, yeah, we got the acupuncture guy drop stuff off, Sorting Hat, mm-hmm. um, the antique store. We had a lot of people that gave us gift certificates to put in this basket to raffle off for people. And it took an hour of us walking around to these businesses and sending emails and even calling in a few instances uh, the businesses and just saying, "Hey, this is what they're doing." The businesses were all happy to help. Um, we raised like four hundred bucks for. Rogers and um, somebody who I don't even remember who it was that won the oh you know who won the basket it was Kenny oh that's right it was Kenny he because he bought like 20 tickets mm-hmm. um, the person who won the the raffle was super happy about it 
And they used, I know that they used all of those um, gift certificates up. And that got more people to go into, that was us benefiting both the community in multiple ways. Because yep. we benefited these friendly businesses and we helped out Rogers, the, the hospital. Yep. So that was something that we did, though, really without leaving the shop, except for walking around to just talk to these businesses. Um, for us, that, that did more to benefit the community, both business community and the community as a whole, benefiting Rogers, uh, than any parade that we could have participated in. Yep. Yeah. And how you interact with the community and how you build a community and how you show yourself to the community takes many different faces. And while we don't participate in, you know, the parades or things like that, uh, it never fails whenever we go into a business around the area that we've never gone to before that, uh, you know, we haven't met the owners or employees of before. It never fails whenever we say where, who we're with, what we're doing, or whatever. Their first reaction is always, oh, wow, you guys are so great. The fact that you guys are downtown, you're a safe place for kids to go. You're mm-hmm. always, it's bright, it's clean. Um, it's when people thank you for having your business in the area because they, they feel like it's a place that they can go or that their kids can go or that other kids can go. That's the biggest thing is so many people say it's wonderful that you're here because so many kids need that outlet and they don't have that around here. Um, things like that. I mean, that's, that's to me almost more important than being in a parade, mm-hmm. right? When the community validates that you're kind of a pseudo staple for them because you bring something that they don't have. Um, that to me does a little bit more because that shows that what we're doing inside the store is building a community that this larger community can embrace. Well, and ultimately there, there are, are three aspects to, to business because there's, um, you have marketing, which is finding out who, who are your potential customers, right? And then you have to, advertise to those potential customers and then you have to and then the the last of the the uh, three I guess um, most important things in business is sales because once you get them into your store then you have to make the sale with what we have down here we we have found that the marketing and the advertising, are a lot less important for us than the sales. Mm-hmm. Because, again, if people know that we're downtown mm-hmm. and they're either, they either have a reason to come in or they don't, it's those people that, that happen to walk in and have no idea what they're looking for and we get them to buy a $40 trade. That's the most important thing that we can do is on the sales end. So I don't know how much of that happens from the community side, you know, and I don't think much much of it does. I well, want to yeah, well, go yeah. ahead. Well, I was going to say we've looked at the breakdown of the dollars that get spent in this store, and by all accounts, we have prime real estate in downtown. Mm-hmm. We are in the main downtown that is the most pedestrian friendly downtown you're going to find in the area. We are across the street from a park. We are between two major parking lots, the city beach, the library, and yet city everyone hall. still complains they can't find anywhere to park. Yes. But regardless of that, we've done a lot of the looking and a very, very, very high percentage of our sales dollars 
don't come from random walk-ins. Mm-hmm. Even though we're down here with the German Christmas market, with all the parades, all 700 parades they have over the course of the year, and their 12 downtown festival things, even with all that, we are a destination shop. So being a destination shop, the way that we can build community is through those things like the raffle for Rogers, where we know we're the destination that people are coming to. So rather than show ourselves off in the community as a way of building community, we prefer to take the captive audience we have and use that to build the community up. No, I agree. One of the, uh, I'll go into one last thing because I think this is a great, a great example of what we're talking about. But I also think that um, we, we've always said that we want people that, to be able to listen to something like this and, and say maybe your suggestion helped mm-hmm. uh, with my store or whatever. And so let's give a little more inside baseball. We used to contribute um, to a trivia. Mm-hmm. We were like the other kind of sponsor for a bar trivia in, in town where we you'd go in, you'd, you'd play your trivia, and you would get a gift card for here and a gift card to the bar. And we did it for almost two years. And eventually, it kind of got to the point where, it didn't kind of, it got to the point. Nobody new came in, A. B, the people that won were almost always the same people that were extremely difficult, extremely difficult. They would come in on the last day of their gift card, complain they couldn't find anything. And these were not normally people that would come in. This is the big issue that we're talking about. They would complain that they they couldn't find anything that they wanted to use their gift card on, so they would like an extension on it. Or they would like us to place a special order for something. Then, when they found something that they wanted, they complained. We had one guy who pitched a fit that he had to pay sales tax. He bought a $10 item with a $10 gift card and was complaining that we were charging him the $0.51 tax. And and that was the day where I just, I said, I, I, I called the, the guy up who owned the place. And I said, look, man, I, I'm sorry to have to do it. I said, we're, we are not benefiting a, a wit from contributing to this anymore. I said, it's bringing these, I said a bad word in, um, that are making scenes that are, are calling names that are costing us money. They're never going to spend a dime. And ultimately the whole point of contributing to this was get new to, folks in to try to get new customers in the store. Well, if the people are coming in and just getting free product and never spending a dime and complaining when they have to pay sales tax. We don't really need them to ever come in again. And I said, I, I said, we just got to, you know, um, not be a participant anymore or a sponsor at least because it's not benefiting us. And after almost two years, we've, we've realized that it, you know, it, it was, it was fun. It was cool. Got some new people in here at first, but now it's the same 20 people every Wednesday or whatever it is. And nobody knew he was coming in. And he got it. He totally understood. But one of the hardest things that someone can do, and I've heard this from talking to a lot of different business people, just like anything else in life. It's like people who who won't break up with somebody that they're in a bad relationship with because they don't know how to do it or they're too afraid to do it. It's like pulling off a Band-Aid. And if there's something that you all of a sudden realize isn't working for you as a business, just stop doing it. Mm -hmm. And even if that's a part of the community... And you and you think, well, how is this negatively? How will this negatively affect my standing here or there? If you're already, if it's already not good for you, then just stop doing yeah, it. Then doing don't it do any it. Further is only going to make it worse. Correct. 
you you will draw it out and it'll eventually it's going to have to happen in some way shape or form but if you find out that there's something that just is not working for you be it something you're doing with the community or a, a business uh, collaboration or whatever it is, just stop. Yep. Stop doing it because the longer that you sit on it, the worse it's going to get. And we did that and it ended up causing – it It took away a lot of headaches that we had every time these same, these same people came in. And it seems like such a tiny, small thing, but the amount of – aggravation that it took away from not having those come in anymore has been just tremendous to all of us to not have to deal with that. Um, so again, that's something where it was cool at first. It it was doing something with and for the community. Ultimately, though, when it really stopped benefiting us. And it also, the other thing that's important to note is it's not like it hurt this other place for us to stop doing it. No. No, you they know? still had their business. Right. So... Ultimately, we decided it's not worth doing. We stopped doing it. Yep. And, you know, the, the, I think what James hit on a couple of times without just directly saying it was what we're seeing is what works for us, what fits yeah. our situation. And our situation is going to be different from many other people, right? Some people may have more time to give. Some people may have more expendable capital. Some people may have a larger metro area that has different needs. That's all fine. For us, in a, city, a village of 15,000 people with, you know, three staff members, two of which have families and second job. Well, all three of us have second jobs. Um, but, you know, at the time, the, the... I sometimes forget that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> the time, the the um, the amount of, of energy that we have to, to be able to give and the uh, just the, the amount of give back that we get, those are all pieces that factor into it. So... We try to be active in our community in ways that are both beneficial to us and beneficial to the community. We've learned over three years what we do really well and what we do really bad mm-hmm. at. And if something new comes up, we do always look into it because we may. One thing we do we do actually do quite a bit is we'll have people come in and ask for donations for charity raffles, for fundraisers. If um, Oh, we do that all the time. Yeah, and, and we... Wizards it, Brew, man. Yeah, it got to the point, though, where it started getting excessive, so we kind of had to put a limit on how much per month well, we were... Now, let's, I want to talk about two of these that we got that yeah. were particularly uh, suspect. We we had one customer who came in, and she, she's a little you know a little out there, and she wanted to, uh, and she asked if she could put out. She's going in for surgery, and she wanted to know if she could put jars out, uh, to collect change for her surgery. And I thought about it like. It, I'm telling you, I probably had an hour's worth of thoughts in like the five seconds that I just stood there waiting to respond to her. And I told her, and I, I just had a bad feeling about it. And I told her some, I made up some spiel at box was there. I made up some spiel. I said something like, yeah, um, you have to bring in your, um, I, I got it at the time, the form that goes with it, like some charitable, whatever. whatever. And I said, and then we'd be happy to do it knowing full well she wouldn't have one. Found out later. Do you know what the surgery was? A boob job. Yeah. So you know who it is. Yeah. Um, so that was something where we were kind of, you know, uh, d- just decided not to do that. Uh, and it ended up being a smart, a smart move. Um, another one 
we had this guy who came in and was wondering if we could donate uh, money to, or not donate money, but donate product to a fundraiser that they were going to be doing at some local bar that I was unfamiliar with to benefit somebody with, I think it was, I think it was Lou Gehrig's something. And, uh, I said, I said, sure. I said, do you have, um, do you, do you have like a flyer or something? You know, he's like, well, no. I said, well, I said, I want to help. I want to contribute, donate something. I said, but, um, I just, all I need is something to show that this, this event, this charity exists. Um, you know, just so tax purposes, right. Um, and this guy was like, well, he's like, I don't have one, man. He's like, but it's somebody who's like, the person's got it. And I said, I get it. I said, but I can't just give something out like that on good faith. So if you can bring me something, I would love to, I would love to participate. And, and you even let me know within the night this is going on, maybe I'll come and bid on something, you know, but I needed, of course, the person never ever came back. And I don't, so I don't think, because anytime we've ever asked somebody for for paperwork like that, and it's legit, they always bring it in because these are people that are doing uh, something for charity and they want it to be as successful as possible. I do, I do wonder how often people go in and ask for donations mm-hmm. for a, for charity or something. And the charity and is want, really the trunk of their car. Correct. Correct. Uh, I just got a bad read off of this one guy, and I and he never came back, never provided anything. I never heard about anything at the local bars. I do tend to visit them, um, so every once in a while you'll get stuff like that where you just like if you if your spider sense is tingling, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, then go with your gut and, and don't do it. Yeah, I think so. My favorite uh, my favorite story from donating product to a charity event. <laughs> Was um, we ended up getting a pallet case load? I mean, a massive load of a board game at a super discount. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, it was one of those ones where you sell five or six and you've paid off everything you got. Well, for a while, but that was a great thing for us to be able to give to um, you know charity events because we had little oh, into it. Are you going to go into the the guy who wanted to swap? Okay, <laughs> yeah, so, that's a good one. So we gave. We gave a copy of the game to a group that went and did their uh, their charity event. It was a it was a church. Yep. And yep, sure enough, just like any good charity event, somebody won it. And he proceeded to come in a couple of days later and ask if he could swap it out for a different game that we had. Well, he wanted to swap it out for Settlers of Catan, which is like the best selling board game that costs us way way that literally costs us. Uh, twenty times more than what we paid for this other board game. Yeah. Uh, and I said no. I said that the charity was or the raffle was for that game, not for like a store credit. And he's like, "Well, I don't want this game." I said, "Then you shouldn't have bought it." Yeah. You know, the guy was all pissy about it, but like, you know, it's it's one of those weird things where. No good things, deed goes right, unpunished. You, think, you get things like that that happen. You're like, next time somebody comes in, uh, you know, sorry, we're capped. This now we've never really well. We actually we have done that because there was one time we had in like one day we had like five different groups that came in, all legit groups. Yep. And everyone, hey, we're here for this. We're here for that. Then the sheriff's uh, association calls. Can you make your annual donation for the sheriff's association? Then the um, 
the police association calls. Can you make your, you know, and at some point you're just like, nah, sorry. State patrol calls. We're, right, we're, we're capped for the month. Please call back next month. Well, surely you could donate $15. No, we can't. Yeah, we surely can next month if you call. Right. And the, the thing is, is none of them call back. No. It's like you ju- literally just call back next month. And we're happy to help. We're happy to be a part. Yeah. Anyway, so no good deed goes unpunished. But we still do our good deeds, darn it. We do. Yeah, we do. Like well, I guess was- there's a lot more meat on this bone. Yeah. And um and I know like you said every every store is different, every community is different. Yep. There are plenty of stores that I've talked to that have done uh f- and and read about and, and read about too. Um that have done phenomenal uh community events and uh you know done Now actually let's let's go into that really quick when Chris set up the mini convention across the street. Do you remember that? Yeah. Uh, they had, this was that thing I talked about earlier that was in conjunction with this event that's done two or three times a year that I opted out of doing when I was contacted. And I remember, now this is when I was just a customer at the store and I lived in town and I walked down. I mean, we're talking, this is back. When did the revival, what year did revival come out? Well, this was I, I. We were living here at the time. This was probably six years ago. Sounds right. right. It was whatever whatever year Revival Number One came out, because um, I think it was like around the time of the third issue, uh, third or fourth issue of Revival, because supposedly Tim Seeley was yeah. going to be there. So I showed up with um, my copy of Revival One and a couple of other books, and uh, they How had was a, Tim that day. He didn't show. They had a bunch of tents set up across the street in the in this green area, which at that point was a lot smaller than it is now. Right. Because there was a whole other building there that is now gone. Two. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's true. But they had a bunch of tents set up and they had uh, cosplayers walking around and they had a bunch of local artists that were doing sketching and whatnot. And uh, I remember looking around. I didn't see Tim Seeley. So I walked across the street into the shop and said, uh, hey, uh, came to get Tim Seeley's signature. He's like, oh, he's not able to come down. I thought, okay. Which, of course, happened when we tried to get him. And, but then Tim, being a great guy, was able to come down later. Uh, so I remember the amount of effort that went into the whole thing and the amount of planning. And uh, the the other thing I remember is finding out that, like I said earlier, all of that work that they put into it, People came in, looked around for a little while, but didn't spend a dime. Now, what people talk about are the the unseen benefits where they go, well, you, they maybe didn't spend a dime that day, but they came back. How do you know they didn't come back and buy a trade and buy a board game and buy a this or a that? Because every month after that saw declining revenues, you know? I mean, there's it, not to mention that day. I, if I recall correctly, and we could add, we could look it up in the computer, but that day I remember him saying was like marginally better than a normal Saturday, Saturday or whatever it was. And if you're going to invest what ends up being like 500 hours of your time and thousands and thousands of dollars into maybe making a couple extra hundred bucks, it ain't worth it. It's just not worth it at all. It's not worth it when the event would have gone off either way. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the other thing. 
Um, cause this, there, it's a built in thing that happens. What Chris did was kind of a value add. Right. And, and tacked his name onto it. But I guess to sum everything up, but we're, we, we use this, uh, a lot, but we always, it's worth looking at the productivity curve and on the productivity curve, if the, amount of effort you're putting in is not going to produce a return that is equal to that effort, that's when you have to start considering if it's worth doing. And a lot of the community events, as altruistic as they may seem uh, to be, aren't just aren't worth doing for a store, especially a store like this. If you're a bar or a restaurant, they're great. But for us, a specialty store yep. that sells collectibles, you know, uh, uh, your use, mileage use, may vary. Right, use your discretion. Yep. Well, Tim, hopefully that was uh, that was a good answer for you. It was it was fairly brief and succinct. Yeah. Over the last fifty four minutes, um, but you know that's kind of where our minds at, what we think about, what we go through, what we do. So hopefully that's uh, that gives you something to chew on. The second question that we have for tonight's episode comes from Andy Tom on the CCL Cafe uh, Slack channel. And he had kind of just a couple of questions, more Marvel-based, but I think we might take a few minutes to broaden it across. So, But I'll, I'll go with the questions as written as soon as I get my glasses on and can read it because I'm getting old. Uh, I have a friend who owns a comic retail business and have heard concerns about Marvel products having a high amount of damages. I have a theory that suggests that is why Marvel started overshipping things. Are you seeing the same things as she is? Now, on the uh, channel itself, I gave a reply to Andy saying that we would discuss it in more detail, but uh, I gave him a real quick synopsis. And my quick answers, and we'll dig deeper on them after I give them out, were uh, number one, the reason that one of the reasons, maybe, or a contributing factor as to why Marvel has a propensity for having higher damages to their books, um, to me, is that they use a much cheaper cover stock. Mm -hmm. So the paper that is used on the cover of Marvel books is no thicker than the interior pages, whereas most other publishers have a slightly thicker cover stock. Um, Well, you know supposedly what the origin of that cheap cover stock was, right? Cost savings? Um, (laughs) Well, I... I don't know if this is true or not, and I don't want to just parrot rumors, but that's what I'm going to do anyway. Parrot away. I heard, or actually I read, that it was because Jonathan Hickman told Marvel that the cover should serve as like a first panel into the comic or something and feel like it's part of the story and use the same paper. Hmm. I figure it's more because they're cheap. Because when we were at San Diego in 2016, they had said that they were going to give a, a better cover stock, which never came. Anyways, I'm not bitter. Um, the second uh, reason that I had said, or the second answer that I had for him was that uh, when we saw the free promotional copies, the additional copies, it was very short-lived, and it was on specific books that they appeared to be trying to draw more readers into. So giving retailers more copies to put on the shelf allowed you know more visibility, potentially more readers, and we see how that worked out. Mm-hmm. So those are the two quick responses that I had. Uh, and the reason that I had said that the cover stock stuck out, stuck out in my mind was because the books are being picked in the same environment by the same people, regardless of publishers. It's not like Marvel hires 
14 pickers in the diamond distribution warehouse. DC hires 14 pickers. Image has eight. They're, they're just picking the books nonstop. Right. So, so they're not really, shouldn't be, and I don't think they are, treating books differently based on who publishes them. I think it's, in many cases, more likely that the cover stock can get easily creased, ripped, bent, whatever. I mean, that's just kind of my feeling. I don't know if you feel the same or different. Yeah, I don't, I don't tend to see a big difference in, in company damages. Um, today, almost all of our damages were DC. Mm-hmm. And they were on hard cover stock, very heavy cover stock. Wedged in between two different titles that had significant, uh, significant amount of ordered copies. So the damage had to have happened before it went in the box. Because, right. And it was on the interior of the box, not on the exterior. Yeah. What we tend to see with, with Diamond, today is another great example. We ordered... Uh, a case, what is supposed to have been a case of six um, magic decks. They shipped us one, billed us for the case, shipped the one deck under at the bottom of a box underneath a bunch of hardcovers. So it's destroyed. Um, and and that's, you know, so we went and tried to explain it to our rep, who obviously doesn't know anything about magic, let alone... And she's my, never seen these products. Right. She sits behind the computer. Right. And and I said, you know, they, they sent us one. She's like, oh, you were billed for one. I said, we're billed for a case of six. She's like, oh, well, it says one quantity, one on here. I know one case of six of them. Right. And we're trying to explain this type of thing. And um, it can get very frustrating. It can get very, very frustrating dealing with, with um, diamond damages. But I don't see more... I don't see more uh, one company that gets more than another company. Yeah, it, for us, it's been fairly even. In fact, DC lately, I would say, has has had more uh, noticeable damages in that a lot of them are on. For instance, if you look at the the FOC, well, not well, yeah, the FOC board or the DC board. Um, like a lot of there was, a, I think, a whole. Yeah, issue whole, a Batman whole, issue that was like yeah. miscut or misprinted or something. Yep. Um, well, you know, conversely though, there was an issue of Moon or was it Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur that shipped with uh, the that cover over an issue of Luke Cage. Remember that that just came out. Yeah, and then I also remember back to San Diego this year, Gwenpool. They shipped the wrong books. They shipped the con giveaway that's right to the retailers instead of the a cover <laughs> but yeah i we tend to see both um and then all the and little I companies think, too and I, yeah i would say that it's more to me the the percentage of damages is more heavily weighed to the percentage of books you're getting per publisher so if we have a shipment that comes in that's 30 percent DC, 20% Marvel, and 50% other, mm-hmm. there's a higher likelihood we're going to see some damages, more damages in the DC than the Marvel, because we have more DC books that could get damaged. Well, there is one there is one area where we see more damages than anything else. Anything so, that's under a hardcover. Well, that too. <laughs> but hardcovers out of the equation, reorders. Yep. And you know why? Because when you there are initial orders and then there are reorders. Initial orders are things that are that we we order when to be picked when they first come out. Sometimes these items run out, obviously, and then you cannot place a reorder. But when these items come in on the initial order, then they are moved. And the more that a book is handled, the more likely it is to get damaged in some way, shape, or form. 
be it uh, through someone being um, a little less than careful in the warehouse side of things to um, just the the way they can it can be moved in the warehouse if it's just thrown in totes or who I don't know I mean I've never been to the warehouse I have no idea did you watch that video I posted there's um, a YouTube video of a tour inside Diamond I've, I've seen a I've seen a couple of them but uh, reorders I would say more than more often than not tend to have damage yep than initial orders and a lot of that too is because it's one one copy of a book that's getting shuffled in as well yeah so there is there is that. And a lot of times reorders too are are picked and thrown in with either direct ships or they're picked and thrown in Figures, with hardcovers, the things right. that don't fit in the yeah. So. Or they get set on top across everything. I mean, they're they're clearly the afterthought of the whole process. And that leads me to let's do a, a quick PSA on if you think that there's a book that you are interested in. For the love of God. Please pre-order it. Oh, pre-order it. My Lord. Get a previews because if you are one of the many people calling us today wanting to know if we can put a DC holiday special in their box, it was sold out two hours after we opened and no, we cannot do it. We had, I think, two people that actually pre-ordered that book. So what did we do? We ordered two for them and two for the shelf. It's a $10 book. Yep. We're not going to go too deep into a $10 holiday book that's that has little interest well little interest and essentially a short shelf life mm-hmm. um but for whatever reason all of a sudden everybody wanted this book buy a previews and tell your store wh- when previews is out before that initial order goes in if something looks interesting to you even if you don't even if you're like i'm not sure if i want it but i think it looks cool i might want it just tell them that. Give give any any little insight that you might have to somebody who's doing the ordering because it is it is maddening when otherwise very responsible people uh, call us and want to know about like fifteen different books that are on the shelf or that that they didn't order, but the reasons that they're calling were in previews. They were in the solicitation. Mm-hmm. You know, Batman Annual you, 2. And, and if you can't get your hand on a physical previews, go to previewsworld.com. Yeah. You can see the books. Right. It it helps. We're not just saying this to help out the people doing the ordering, us and all the other diligent uh, store owners out there. But uh, we're saying that to benefit you, the, the, the consumer reader, and yeah. the reader, because if you can give us a clue about something that looks interesting to you, we can make sure that we have it. But we otherwise it's a guessing game, and we can't guess what everybody's thinking. And more importantly to, than that is we'll have people that – some people that will come in and say, well, this series got canceled. I was enjoying picking it up off the shelf. Well, if the pre-orders aren't there, you're left with an assumption that people aren't really digging it. And it, it's one of those things where what we've seen – mm-hmm. uh, we've been keeping actually over the last probably two months, keeping a much closer eye on this – is leading up to the day that the books are supposed to arrive in the store on Tuesday, we already know what Marvel, DC, and Image books are already out of stock at Diamond. Yeah. Because people have gone in and put a reorder in before even getting theirs. So there's not even enough stock left in the warehouse to cover all the damages that are coming in. Case in point, White Knight Knight 3 today, all of our cover A's were severely damaged. We were only able to get about two-thirds of those replaced. Mm -hmm. We got the last... 
whatever it was in Diamond's warehouse. The rest are all back ordered. Yeah. Mean, and it's one of those things where we, we called that in 10 minutes after we got our shipment. Yeah. I mean, it was but, like one of the first books we pulled out and we knew that but we, were we got our ship. Issue. We got our delivery today a day late. Yeah. Well, that's, Yesterday that just help. sat on a, on the tarmac somewhere. Um, but regardless, it, I mean, with, with printing, with printings as close to the orders as they are, the damage overages and the shortage overages that they're putting in the warehouses are thinner and thinner. And like any good business, you're not going to just hold those on a hope and a whim. If people are going to reorder and want that book, just send them what you got. Right. And if you didn't get it, whoopsie doo. You know, I mean, that's fine. And so that's why it's so important if you want the book. And and James and I, we can get frustrated about people that don't pre-order their stuff or don't look at it ahead of time. Ultimately, though, it's... It's not our books at the end of the day. I mean, it's another sale that we can well, have, but, the, but it's there not are our two, product. It's just frustrating. But there's two kind of shelf shoppers. There are the people that have very specific titles that they read, and they come in to buy those books off of the shelf. Mm-hmm. And then there are people that come in to look at the shelf to see what they're... They grade. What, right. That That is on the shelf that looks interesting to them, and then they pick those books up that look interesting. Um, we love the latter. The former, we've got... People that do that, okay, I'm going to go into this one. We've got one guy who used to come in every Wednesday when we would open, and he would shop off of the shelf. And I'd always, he'd be like, you didn't get this in? I'd say, well, no, sorry, we, you know, um, I don't order a lot of Action Lab for the shelf or whatever it was. Or we had one extra, but we had a subscriber come on last week. Sure, exactly. Um, And I'd say, you know, we'd love to set a subscription up for you. You're always buying the same books. Let us... Take a, a list of what you want. We can guarantee you get them. And you can still buy whatever else looks interesting off the shelf. But it helps us out and it helps you out. And eventually, for after a while, he kept coming in and we kept trying to do it. And he said um, uh, that he went to this other store. That, and he kept complaining that we did, we never had the books he wanted. But he was buying all this weird off-brand. I guess we're not going to stock a lot of Action Lab on the shelf. Uh, we're not in Manhattan. Um, he said, I went to this other store and they had a ton of it. He's like, I think I'm just going to, you know, head over there to get my books, uh, on Wednesdays. What he didn't know was that that store was closing. And, uh, we've, we've seen him once, one time since then. And I I told him, I said, that's fine. I said, go right ahead. You know, we knew that the store was closing. Um, but at that point we were kind of tired of this guy complaining about us not having, Whatever random weird stuff we, we tried and we tried and we tried and we explained. For us, there's such a thing as, as shrink and we, we have only so much that we can handle, uh, and, and put dead product on the shelf. We can't order the entire back half of previews hoping that we're going to have one thing for you to buy. Mm-hmm. And we would explain this and explain this and he would complain and complain. And, uh, we saw him one time after that at a, at a show. And uh, my guess is he was too embarrassed to come back after going to that store that he talked about had all these books on the shelf, all these new books every Wednesday, and they're out of business now. And do you want to know why they're out of business? Because they had all those books on the shelf every Wednesday. None of them sold. Uh, we're not saying that we don't order new books. We we do order books for the shelf, plenty of them. But we do not go super deep into a lot of odd titles. And this is a guy that we, we gave six months of advice to start a pull list, tell us what you want. 
The problem ultimately boiled down to he did not want to have to pick up a previews and do any forward thinking. And it lost us a customer for him shopping that way. And it, it lost him a store. And now he just goes to shows to buy his books, he said. So where he could still walk into our store. Right. Right. It's 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 the weirdest thing. So if something looks interesting to you, tell the people that are ordering your store's books. You want a you want a good community being able to walk in and buy the books you want. That's a great community right there, you yep. know. Happy uh, happy people behind the register and happy people on the other side of the register. So part 2 of the question was Marvel's free promotional copies. How did that go? Horrible. They all went in the they all went in the dollar bin, which ended up becoming a, a four for a dollar bin. Um, I don't. I everybody's got their theories on why they did that. I I don't know um, what the the real reason was behind it, but it was just stupid. It, it was. It didn't. A lot of the titles that they sent out didn't make any sense. You know, we're not selling a lot of. It was like Whatever. a third, third issues of things, second yeah. issues. It's like not if, even jumping on points. If Jessica Jones were only selling one copy of anyways, having another four copies on the shelf does nothing for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not complaining about it. It was fine. It's free product. I don't, I don't care. No, it just didn't do us any good. I, you know, I, I heard stores complaining about it. Like, like we've said before, you can, you could give some of these store owners. A hundred dollar bill, and they're going to complain that uh, it's got writing on it. You know, um, certain very vocal people in particular. I, we're not complaining, but if Marvel wants to send us free stuff, we'll take it any day of the week, and we'll put it on yeah, the shelf. Absolutely. We'll give them the shelf space for it. Uh, it just didn't do anything for us. It was pointless. There you go. Yep. <laughs> um, I think that pretty much covers it. Do you have anything else you want to toss in there? Um. No, we will. Uh, we'll shoot to get one more episode out. I think before the end of the year, mm-hmm. maybe there's going to be a maybe that big grading one might come up before the end of the year. We'll see. Yeah, I do feel like this is the most like we've ever sat around and complained about things, though. I don't think we complained. I think we just told truth. Yeah, I suppose. Truth the power. Yeah, I mean truth the it, power. It's our experience, right? And that's all we can share. Yeah. No, that's true. That's true. On the upside, though, um, you know, there's been a lot of buzz starting to swirl at the beginning of the year. There was a lot of buzz about the demise of comic stores, about how so many comic stores were bleeding money and they were having this week's sales pay for, uh, you know, for next week or last week's sales paid for this week's books and this week's sales had to pay for rent and it, it whatever. Um you know, happy to report that we're doing just fine. Uh, there's starting to be another round of people that are starting to, to say that the, the local shop is disappearing. The holiday sales have been terrible mm-hmm. and this and that. And, um, you know, I think for us, our balanced approach to the products that we carry continues to kind of buoy us and keep propelling us forward. Well, I'm constantly amazed at, uh, to keep going back to, to, when we talk about like the DC boards or the FOC boards or Marvel boards, we're talking about the retailer only boards that, uh, you have to have a store to be on. 
but the negativity that I see on these boards is, it it floors me. Yeah. And I don't and I, I don't just mean um there are a lot of valid complaints that people have on them. But I'm yeah, talking about I, and I would call those more concerns than complaints. Like mm-hmm. a lot of times it's more constructive criticism sure. for for the companies. But the people that for instance complain uh Image sent me a free retailer appreciation variant. Uh but it had a different um what was you know who complaining about with that? Uh, oh, that the um, retailer appreciation variant was the same cover as the A cover, and it confused his customers. Yeah, and it was the stupidest thing I've ever. So you get people to complain about little things like that, and uh, but to kind of go into the to what you were talking about, I have seen a lot of store owners on this board talking about how. My Marvel sales are are down. Uh, they are thirty five percent of what they were last year. We are hanging on here. We are barely hanging on. Uh, we feel like we're about to drop off the precipice. Blah blah blah. I've had to borrow money this week. Um, the the only thing that I, I there is one person that posted this yesterday. Uh, I have massively expanded my impulse items such as keychains and stuff that we have joked about in the past. Now again, it might work for a store, but. When I see this, and you're a store complaining how your Marvel sales are are uh, like a third of what they were a year ago, and you're going to double down and up your uh, low low profit margin, your your thirty five percent margin, yeah, keychains and um, blind bag toys, there's ain't going to happen. It's not going to work. Our Marvel sales are down, ultimately. To then from a year ago, um, month to month, dollar wise, our Marvel sales are up, right? Because of what we've done with variants, we've talked about that before. But the negativity from a lot of these, a lot of these uh, people that we're reading that have stores, it just strikes me as there's there. I think there's a huge disconnect, uh, and and what I what I tend to see being the connecting tissue is it's people that are like either in their first year or second year or, I mean, or third year, let's face it, we're still relatively new to, to the game or people that have been around for like 25 years or 30 years. Like this is, we barely survived um, the the big crash in the nineties. I'm hoping we can survive this one. Well, if, if you barely survived the crash in the nineties and you've been around this long, how have you not used that knowledge to cement right. You know, like the, to to counter that, it's like the people that that lost their homes in two thousand eight and went out three years ago and got another zero down uh, loan, high interest rate. yeah, high interest bank loan, very and they rate. and they earn minimum wage at the gas station. If you if you don't learn your lesson, you're the same thing's going to happen, you know. But then ultimately, if they survived in the nineties, I guess they'll survive now, uh, supposedly. But my point is, a lot of there are a lot of people complaining. There's a lot of doomsayers out there, and I've said before too that I think there are a lot of comic shops that will not be able to last in the next couple of years. But my my approach has always been that it's the one that rely on the gimmicks, mm-hmm. that rely on the keychains, the Funko Pops, and all that stuff to survive. That are they going to be the ones that don't make it? Marvel not performing is hurting stores. There's no doubt about it. But, but you, 
I don't think that Marvel not doing as well as they were doing, and they're doing badly compared to just even a couple of years ago. But I don't think that alone is going to be tanking. I just I can't, I can't understand it tanking many stores. Mm-hmm. Uh, I cannot understand it, that unless you are like a midtown, and and Marvel losing their their sales going down by you know forty percent amounts to a loss of thirty percent of revenue or something. I'm proud I could see to that. say having literally forty eight hours ago go. been at Midtown Comics. Midtown is still thumping. Right. So don't don't dis- totally discount all the doomsaying that you're hearing about Marvel yeah. destroying the comics industry. But um And also don't forget that for every store that closes, there's one that's thinking about opening or opening. Because yeah. we've known of, of a number of them in the last year to two right. years that have opened. And I probably know of just as many that have opened, if not more, than have closed. Yeah. So it's not... Um, it, yeah, it's not all doom and gloom. There you go. Lights are still on. The heat's still on. Yeah, it's a little too hot in here almost. That's all your hot air. No, I'm wearing a flannel. It was a St. Nick gift from my wife. Well, color good? Yeah. All right. So uh, for anyone who has any questions for us, you can hit us up in many different avenues. We're on Twitter. Actually, on Instagram, we're on Facebook. We have multiple email addresses. Uh, we're also on the Live Journal. No, we don't have one of those. Oh. If we did, it'd be on you. We are on both the uh, comic book page Slack channel and the collected comic collected. Cl- anyways, the CCL Cafe Geo Cities. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Geo Cities. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so anyways, for James and myself, we hope that uh, these answers kind of gave you some insight as to some of the things that we think about, some of the things we deal with, and uh, hopefully we and will... Remember, and if you agree or more importantly disagree, we love yes, you because yes, absolutely. we always like to know if we're doing something wrong. Or if we should be looking at things in a different lens. Yeah, absolutely. We we are the most uh, accepting people to constructive criticism that you will hear. So Especially if it's stuff we want to hear. <laughs> that. <too. laughs> Well, it's criticism then, but <laughs> but in any respect. Uh, so for James and myself, we will talk to you again next time. On behalf of all of us, thank you for listening to this episode of Cowcast. You can find us on all the main social media outlets, including Facebook at facebook.com slash Incredicow on Twitter at Incredicow, or on Instagram at Cowabunga Comics. To send an email to us directly, send it to podcast at cowabungacomics.com, or to join in the discussion, you can hop on our new Cowabunga Comics forum at forums.cowabungacomics, that's cowabunga with a K, dot com.